Phoenix and welcome to Behind the Lights with me Seb and me Jana. As always we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the lands where you're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Jana, on to another busy sporting week and we'll start with football and the women's Euros. The quarterfinal lineup is beginning to take shape. One quarterfinal to be decided still which will be decided Tuesday morning Australian time but we've got England versus Spain, Germany taking on Austria Netherlands will take on France, while Sweden can either take on Iceland, Belgium, or your Italians, Jono, in the quarterfinals. But um, some tasty matchups there. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, this whole Euros thus far has just been nothing but excitement. Lots of goals, lots of beautiful play as well. Um, and these now matchups as well, there's some pretty big heavy-hitting matchups. And I mean, some teams have really just kind of hit... Hit the ground running as well. I'm I'm now after seeing a couple games as well. I think I'm jumping on your bandwagon with Germany has a high potential. Sweden as well has been playing really good as well. So this will be very interesting quarterfinal matchups and potentially the defending champions at Netherlands could be gone in the quarterfinals. Um, in the quarterfinals there, football transfers and it's certainly heating up, Jono. Robert Lewandowski has been confirmed Bayern Munich to Barcelona. We've seen the pictures, so it is now he's officially a Barcelona player. Christian Eriksen has signed on a free for a three-year deal with Manchester United, so it could be potentially a good signing. Certainly adds some quality in that central yep. midfield uh, that Manchester United desperately needed. Well, Kaladu Koulibaly, Napoli to Chelsea. Obviously coming in, they needed some... Uh, People in that centre-back position, especially after losing Rudiger and Christensen. So he's certainly going to add some quality. And we've seen what he's done with Napoli in the Italian Serie A. While Matthias De Ligt looks like he's going to make his move from Juventus to Bayern Munich. But Jono, some big moves in the transfer market. Yeah, huge. Um, I mean, of course, as we kind of said time and time again, this, that Lewandowski transfer might just kind of have this now trigger effect with some others. Um, maybe now freeing up some space as well at Byron to kind of see what they're going to be doing as well. Um, but yeah, I do think as well that Ericsson one in particular, I don't know necessarily in terms of him playing. I think, yeah, he's a great player and everything, but I think it's more from a leadership standpoint to have somebody who's quite level-headed, has kind of been through the ropes with everything in terms of club level. Um, so I think that's a really good signing. And Koulibaly as well to Chelsea. I think that just solidifies their defense that much more. He is a great, great defender. So I'm really excited to see him strap on that jersey. Yeah, it should be interesting. And potentially uh, many more big signings to happen uh, before the transfer window shuts. Rugby League, and it was around 18 in the NRL, and it delivered, again, some significant results, especially for that top eight. The Sharks had a good win over the North Queensland Cowboys, 26-12. to well, your Sydney Roosters smashed the Dragons 54-26. And my Manly had a good win over Newcastle 42-12. While Canberra won for the fourth straight year in Melbourne with an entertaining 20-16 win over the Storm. Meaning, Penrith stay top, followed by the Cowboys, Sharks and the Storm. While my Manly round out the top eight. Also, Jono, Wednesday night last week, State of Origin Game 3. Wasn't the result we were after. But what an amazing contest between Queensland and New South Wales. Queensland winning the game 22-12, taking the series 2-1. Jono, just as a, an NRL fan or as even as a sport fan, it was an unbelievable 80 minutes. Had everything in it. Yeah, I mean, it really did. And, and I guess it keeps on going with that, that legacy of what can happen up there in Suncorp. I mean, it really just shows that anything can happen. It does not matter what Queensland team shows up there. There's just something about that ground that just changes them. 
Um, and, you know, as, as a sports fan, you love to see that as well. I mean, you really do. Um, and it's, it's great to see upsets sometime. Unfortunately, for the New South Wales fans, this was they're the other side of this. But, um, I mean, hats off to those Queensland players because, yeah, that was a, a heck of a game and end-to-end the whole time. Yeah, special mention to, to Caelan Ponga, fullback for Queensland, who was outstanding on the night while in the halves, Cherry Evans really guided them around without mm. Cameron Munster, who, who everyone thought that was uh, the losing point for, for Queensland without their inspirational uh, halves partner for Cherry Evans. But uh, all credit to Queensland. As you said, that Suncorp spirit really shone through and it was a cracking game and it already sets it up for uh, what should be an amazing series next year. AFL and round 18 saw some big matchups, and for only the second time this year, North Melbourne finally won a game. So the Western Bulldogs proved too good for St Kilda, 84 to 56. Well, as I said, North Melbourne upset Richmond, 92 to 88. While Geelong showed their class in an 85 to 55 win over your Carlton, Jono, and Sydney chalked up an impressive and massive win over Fremantle in the West, 82 to 65, meaning. Geelong sit top, followed by Melbourne, Brisbane, and Fremantle, while Sydney now move into six, one game outside of that top four. Rugby, and England won the decider against Australia, unfortunately, in their three-match series, as they won 21-17 in Sydney to win the series 2-1. They lifted the inaugural Ella Mobs trophy. Jono, Australia, a, a few crucial errors at crucial times really cost them in this game. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a tight contest in, in terms of when you look it over from the whole game perspective. But unfortunately, it is just those errors. And, you know, as we saw in the, in the previous game as well, England definitely have, you know, another level as well sometimes that they're able to just put it up to. So it just was that little bit of that edge there at times just to kind of stay composed and make sure that essentially you're the team with the less errors. And that was what, what happened with Australia here. And that's unfortunately led to their loss on, in this decider. While in one of the great boilovers, Ireland defeated New Zealand in their series 2-1 to inflict New Zealand's first home series loss since 1986. Crazy. They won to the side of 32-22. The scenes were amazing. The Irish players were in tears. Um, So congratulations to the Irish. To go over to New Zealand and win a series is a massive achievement. So, um, yeah, great for the Irish and probably great for the sport as well, showing that New Zealand can be beaten if you're willing to really uh, play your game and, and be physical with the All Blacks. Well, in the other series, South Africa 30, Wales 14. So South Africa won their series 2-1. Golf, British Open, and some great news for Australian golf fans. Australian Cameron Smith won the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews in Scotland. He started the last round four shots behind Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland. But Smith shot a bogey-free eight-under round to win the Open by two shots and finish it 20 at 20-under. With American Cameron Young finishing second on 19 under, with McElroy finishing a further shot back. So, congratulations to Cameron Smith. An amazing last round there to win the British Open. Cycling in the Tour de France continues. Dane Jonas Vingegaard continues to lead with the yellow jersey, while Belgian rider Wout van Aert holds on to the green jersey after 15 stages. Cricket and in India won their third and deciding uh, ODI match against England to take the series 2-1. England made 259. India replied with 5 for 261. Rizabat Pant top scoring with 125 not out. Athletics and the World Championships have got underway in mm. Eugene, Oregon. Uh, Fred Curley led a sweep by the Americans in the men's 100-meter final, while Australian pole vaulter Nina Kennedy won bronze. So congratulations to Nina Kennedy. While in hockey, Netherlands won the Women's World Cup in Spain and in Holland as they defeated Argentina 3-1. Australia finished third as they defeated Germany 
Well, Jono, a story that's been rumbling on for a while now, especially in the States, but it certainly caught uh, the sporting world's attention. Brittany Griner, uh, the American basketballer, uh, obviously representing her country, um, has been, I guess, charged and, and arrested in Russia. She's been over there since February um, on uh, charges of uh, drug uh, possession, which she has said that uh, she has come out and admitted that she did have it and she had was prescribed medical cannabis for a chronic injury. Uh, but drug charges in Russia can carry up to 10 years in jail. Jono, before we get into a little bit more of the details about this story, uh, what's been your perspective um, in terms of an American perspective and how have you seen this story play out in the States and, and sort of what's been the reaction, um, especially from an American perspective? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I, I you know, I just think that uh, a lot of this is just, it's just crazy to think that this is, that this is actually occurring. I mean, from a standpoint as to who essentially Brittany Griner is, um, for the sport of, of basketball. Um, she, she is someone who is essentially the fate, one of the faces of the league. So she really is a very high profile athlete in the United States. If you're a basketball fan, whether that, whether that's the NBA or WNBA, you probably do know about her. I know me in particular, uh, being from Phoenix as well. Um, she's part of the Phoenix Mercury, but I mean, we're talking about someone who's a seven-time All-Star. She's been on the she was USA team. back in 2013. Yep, yep. Been on the USA team. She's won gold as well. Um, she's been All-Defensive Player. She's one of the, you know, first players, few players to be able to really just dominate in that center position, being electrifying not only defensively but throwing the throwing dunks down. So in terms of what she's been able to do for the sport as well, has just been. It's it's been great, you know, to see that that those leaps. So you think about that in terms of a player that she is, and then to think about the situation that she's in now too. There's multiple factors that go into this now, kind of thinking about the situation. One is, you know, she's in Russia playing in a Russian league because she's compensating for the essentially the lack of pay that she's getting in the WNBA. So she needs in the off season to go play, which most players in the WNBA actually do as well where they go play in other leagues to earn a little bit more money in the offseason. So she's in that situation where she's doing that. And then as well, for this to happen to her, again, look, she is realistically, like I said, such a high-profile person in the realm of the WNBA, in the NBA, and in sports in America as well. Um, and again, it just comes down to the timing of this case as well and everything that's happening. It's just crazy to really think of this, and it's crazy to think that this has now been ongoing since February as well, when she originally got detained. Um, and to think as well that now there's that potential that she could be facing actual jail time up to 10 years is is crazy to to really I, I it's it's hard to really get this all in perspective when you think about who she really is in the sporting world in America. Well, this has also reached all the way to the top of politics in America. Joe Biden coming out and saying they're doing all they can to to try and get her released out of Russia and bring her back to the states. John, not only has she been an inspirational player on the field, but she was also the first prominent openly gay basketball player to come out uh, when she was drafted in the WNBA in 2013. So do you think not only has her impact, as, a, as you've stated, been on the field with her success and the way she has played and attracted not only um, people to come and watch, but obviously inspiring young females to play the game of basketball in America and worldwide, but also being able to be an openly gay athlete when... It still is an issue for some athletes to, to feel completely comfortable to come out. Well, yeah, and I think that really, if you if you look across, in particular, you know, it's not just 
with the WNBA and the NBA right now. But if you look across all sports in America, all really supporting her. So, you know, in the All-Star game uh, for the WNBA, they all wore number 42 for Brittany Griner as well. You know, all the courts right now in the WNBA have a logo essentially for Brittany Griner as well. So it just shows what she's been able to do on the court and off the court as well. Um, it just it comes back to that's why there's so many people supporting her, wanting her to come back because they recognize what type of individual she is, you know, who who she really is on the inside there. You know, did she was there any wrongdoing here? Did she meaningly do any of this? No, they can tell by the type of person that she is, you know, and what how she holds herself on and off the court. And I think that's why you're getting such a huge um, support for her and the support network and why it's 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 going up, you know, not just. So it's, you know, not just the Phoenix Mercury that's supporting her. It's the WNBA as a whole. It's NBA as a whole. It's, as you said, it's gone up to um, President Joe Biden as well. So it's really gone up the ladder because of the person that she is, both on and off the court as well. Looking at a case more specifically, her Russian basketball club director has actually come out and given evidence in support of her and, and her character and her, and uh, what she's contributed to the team, etc., but do you think Russia is also potentially utilizing this case as a bit of a bargaining chip um, against with a war raging in the background? A day after Grimer was detained, Russia announced a war on Ukraine, yeah. which we know is still going on and, and devastating for, for many Ukrainian families and, and people. Do you think Russia is potentially utilizing this case as a bargaining chip against the United States. We know the relationship between both countries hasn't always been the best, and, and there is definitely tension there. Uh, do you think Grimer has now found herself in the middle of this? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that when when you look at everything that's going on, it's it's hard to to think otherwise. You know, it really is hard to to think otherwise that she's not being used right now as a, essentially a political pawn, and it's really sad as well that. Um, that she's now in the middle of this and realistically as we can see there she has no control really of this situation as well I mean as we said this has been going on since February and it's even taking this long to even get first trial and, and, and get everything going as of right now and there's going to be more and more going on in the next month or two but even to take this long to really start shedding some light on the situation. But yeah, it definitely is that situation where I feel that she is unfortunately being stuck in the middle of this. And, you know, being being in the middle of, of a, essentially a prisoner swap is what they what what it seems is what Russia wants is very unfortunate because... Even though no, the Kremlin has downplayed that idea yep. and they seem, to, they seem to want to be charging her and, uh, and ruling on her case as an individual basis, which... It seems to be getting murkier and murkier, and yeah. the Russians' uh, system and, and justice system doesn't seem to want to relinquish any of that power or seem weak, which is possibly another perspective of this, and give in to the United States, which is potentially the way they're seeing it. And Jono, if you just look at the case on on the face of it, it just seems like it's gone over the top for what. Yeah for what she's been charged for in regards to what she was carrying and the amount she was carrying. And then potentially she, there has been evidence that there has been written, written medical documents stating from doctors that, that she was able to, or she was prescribed this, this medical marijuana. So do you think, again, unfortunately, she has found herself in the middle of a situation which actually is bigger than her? 
Yeah, I mean it. It seems that it's it's unfortunate that this this whole situation has come down to timing right now. That it's the the as as we said, it's it's a very convenient timing as to when this occurred and also when the invasion of of Ukraine essentially occurred as well. It's a very convenient timing of all this, and now that yes, she is stuck in this. And then as you said, this. Even just where it's gone to date from February to now, this seems very, very over the top for what 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 actually occurred for having such a small amount of of uh, of, of possession of, me- of of cannabis oils, and also the fact that you know you do have doctors' notes of that it's for medical use. You know, not saying if it is illegal or illegal. You know, there's some stipulations with that, but still, this is very much blown out of the water. And to think now that potentially she can go into Russian prison. For not only just a little bit longer, but for up to 10 years is is very, very crazy. Um, and I really hope that, you know, look, as we said, there's character witnesses from um, the teams that she plays for in Russia. So it shows as well that the people within Russia as well are speaking out on, on her behalf as well and really do support her and think that there is some wrongdoing here from Russia. So if you're having your own Russian people as well speaking up, as well as the United States and all the people supporting, then clearly there's something going on here in the back end that that you know they don't want to show. And essentially, I think she is very much stuck in the middle of everything right now, and it is a political ball game. Well, that's what seems so bizarre is everything from an outside perspective, looking at the character of, of Grimer, it doesn't add up to a person who would want to be doing something illegally or, or trying to do something illegally. It feels like a person who does things above board and in in this case she she sought the right medical advice before she took any of this uh took any of this medical marijuana or medical cannabis in terms of uh, helping her with her injuries and and her body so the character that is that is surmised in in i guess the documents and and the people that have come up to support in evidence of her doesn't add up to what potentially the crime is pointing to and as you said, can you imagine the impact if she did go to jail, not only on her personal life, but on her professional life being a basketball player that could potentially ruin her who or who knows how long it would take her to come back um, from something such as that. Yeah, and, and like I said, when you look at it as well from just a basketball perspective, she has been so pivotal to this league growing, you know, and, and she's been such a key player in that, in the growth of what the WNBA has been able to achieve in the last five, six, seven years here. Um, and it'd be, it, it would be remarkable to essentially lose such a talent in this way as well. And to, to have her essentially detained out there in Russia is, is absolutely ridiculous to think of that. Um, when you think about it across any sport as well, like I said, she is a massive, massive player in the WNBA. And to think now that there's the potential that she won't be able to come back to the WNBA, continue to play, continue to be able to be that advocate of who she is because of this is absolutely mind-blowing to think that we're in that situation right now, that this is actually the situation that we're in, that she is stuck in the middle here. And now, from a basketball standpoint, we're, we're potentially losing her. From a family standpoint, they might not be able to see her for the next 5, 10 years. You don't know. It's incredible to think that this is the situation we're in right now for something that just seems so, so, so silly for lack of better words. What do you think will happen, Jono? Do you think we will see event- the eventual release and the, and the Russian and I guess US, not governments, but legal systems as well will find a resolution to this? Look, I, I really, really hope so. And I think that, you know what, it's, it's, it's gained 
you know, that traction, as we said, it's gone all the way to the top. It's, it's, it's gone as high as you can realistically in the United States, you know. Um, and I really, really hope that, um, you know, that the United States can come to some sort of an agreement or whatever it is to make sure that she does come home. Um, because realistically, she, she needs to be released, you know, now. This, this has gone on far, far too long. Um, as I said, this is since February. This is this is way, way too long for her to be detained for something like that. So I really, really hope that there's some sort of agreement or the trial gets played and she gets to be able to get sent home because this is absolutely ridiculous to see this happening to, to her or to anyone in that situation as well. Yeah, it's certainly a story we'll keep a close eye on and we do hopefully um, want to see Grana back playing basketball and, and being safe and, and healthy and uh, smiling again and hopefully as you said a, a resolution will be found Johnny, quickly before we go to the five questions another story uh, that's been bumbling along in the football world is Cristiano Ronaldo and the one big question is why does no one want to seemingly sign Ronaldo from Manchester United oof yeah, you know, that actually is quite true. Um, it seems that, you know, there are some teams that kind of have been flaunted around and everything. But yeah, you're right. It's, nobody's really grasping right now. Um, look, I think that it's, it, you know, there's one thing is there's there's no denying the fact that he is very much an aging player. Um, he's very 37 much... 37 next year. Yeah, he's very much become that player who I think... If you look at his career, he's been able to adjust so much as well to know his strengths. But he is now that player who you got to get the ball in the box for him. He's not going to be able to take it from halfway and be able to take on 10 people and then go ahead and score. He's not going to so, play a high-pressing game. Yeah, so he's, he's that player that you need to make sure you have a team built that, that can have that type of player. And I don't know if there's as many. You see these forwards now that... You know, they don't necessarily play as a traditional nine anymore. And I think that's the difference is some teams have kind of shifted away from that. So is there, you're paying all this money because you're clearly not going to get him without paying him a lot. So it's it's that lure of, do we have enough to, to offer him and, and still be competitive with him? Because that's the thing, you can't go changing your whole team around him. He's only going to be there for another maybe two, three years at max. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and I don't think there's many teams where he really fits into perfectly right now. There's going to be some adjustment if he does go somewhere. And he's such a big personality as well. Ronaldo demands... He's not going to want to go to a team and sit on the bench. It's going to yeah. be very hard to, to try and convince him to do that. The other big thing you brought up there was he's going to have to take a wage cut. Yeah, He's earning ridiculous money at Manchester United at the moment. He's not going to be... Out. No team is going to pay him that much money to come and sign. Potentially Lewandowski now gone to Bayern Munich. Does that open up a spot? They've said they're not interested. It's not It's not the direction that club's going. But you never say never. Chelsea have already said no, even though you look at their squad and they potentially could do with a, a goal score. They don't really have that sort of play. But does then he fit into the way Tuchel wants yeah. to play, which potentially that front three, aggressive, fast-pressing sort of team that Tuchel wants to play. So... I'm going to be very interested to see what happens with Ronaldo. Obviously, United have come out and said they don't want to let him go. Ten Hag has come out and said all the right things. Uh, but as we know, he's not on the their tour at the moment. He hasn't come to Australia, which is where they are at this stage, and didn't come into Asia as well when they played Liverpool. Obviously, family reasons he cited, which which you'd have to respect. Um, but as I said, it's, it's an interesting conundrum, and he's got to a point in his career where age is, is catching up to him. And the best teams in the world now demands so much from their yeah. players. When you look at Klopp, when you look at Guardiola, the way they play, it's fast, it's pressing, you have to be so fit. 
from the front all the way to the back. He cannot just be a goal scorer anymore. But there obviously are teams which could still... You'd still look at Ronaldo. He still scored 20 old goals for still a very won, ordinary yeah. Manchester United team. So imagine what he could do if he was in a really good team. But um, it's going to be an interesting yeah. saga. And I think we haven't heard the last of it in terms of where he potentially could end up. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be a crazy one. I think you're right as well. I think he really needs to recognize where he is in his career and take that bit of a pay cut. And clearly... One of his best attributes is he's a competitor, but it also can be some of his worst because, as you said, he's going to demand to be on that field because he just wants it that much more. But maybe he just needs to think and say, okay, what do I want? Clearly, he loves Champions League. He is Mr. Champions League. Maybe he's just chasing one more to make sure he sits atop and no one ever touches him. So you know what he needs to do? He needs to now take a pay cut, figure out what team will take him to just be that player, even if he only plays Champions League games, whatever it so be. But he really needs to think about this because... You know, I, I, look, he's clearly unhappy at United right now. It's clearly not what he thought it was going to be. Um, so something's got to change either with United or he needs to move on and go somewhere else. But yeah, it's, it's now at the point where you're thinking, where does he actually fit? Um, so it'll be very interesting to see in the next couple of months if he stays, goes, what, what actually happens with him. Well, it doesn't seemingly, it isn't seemingly about money because he's, Turned down a, apparently a massive offer from an undisclosed Saudi Arabian team. Uh, the figures coming out the last few days. So good for him. If that is potentially what happened, where he's turned that down, then he obviously thinks he still should be playing at the top yeah. of the European yeah. game. Um, but as I said, it's going to be intriguing to see where he ends up. And, and as always, Ronaldo, there's always a storyline behind it, and um, I'm sure we'll still see him playing next year. But mm. where he plays, that still remains the question, yeah. uh, which we have to uh, wait and see. Well, five quick questions, Jono, this week. I am asking you. Ready to go? Let's do it. Let's go, mate. All right. So we started, we did talk about this earlier in the show, but will the signing of Robert Lewandowski turn Barcelona into title challenges in Spain? So forget about Europe right now. Can they challenge Real Madrid next year? And potentially Atletico if if they turn it around. Oh, I mean, I guess... (laughs) Because if you just look at La Liga from their history and everything, I would say that, yeah, they'll still be a title contender. I don't think it really pushes them over the edge necessarily because it just looks like a very unbalanced squad in certain in certain areas. Look, look, he's a great player, but how does he fit around everyone else as well? I'm not not exactly sure how, it's gonna, how he's going to fit. Um, so I'm not going to say that he, it makes him definite um, they'll shoo-ins for the league, but I would say that, yeah, they'll finish top three because he's still going to put in like at least 20 goals or something like that within the season. So, After their win in the West, will Sydney finish in the top four? That, with their run in, they only play one top eight team. Uh, Collingwood uh, in round 22 at the moment in their run in. So they've got a pretty favorable run. Will they finish top four? They're only one game outside at this stage. Yeah, look... I, I do think it comes down to schedule of play moving forward. And as you said, I mean, when you have a little bit of an easier schedule of play, then you got to back them a little bit. And, they've, you know, they've had, they started the season great, kind of had a little bit down, coming back up. So say they're in form and, and they'll be able to finish just there. But you need some stuff to happen as well on your way to be able to do that. So it's more, it's in their hands, yes, but it's also out of their hands at the same time. Will Cameron Smith's British Open win propel him onto more major wins after that amazing victory? Yeah, look, I'm a huge fan of Cameron Smith. I th- I'm going to say yes because I think he's been 
one of the most consistent players right now that we have in terms of always finishing up there within the top. Yes, maybe he doesn't always he hasn't always won them or anything like that, and this might be his first big break moving forward, but he's consistently yeah. been in the hunt. And that, I think, is that difference right there, that he's been very consistent. Maybe this now gives him the confidence moving forward, and I'd absolutely love to see it as well. I know it's easier looking uh, after the result, but should have Latrell Mitchell been chosen for the deciding origin game? We've seen his, especially this weekend against the Bulldogs, he was rampaging. He just stood over the top of him. Would he have made a difference enough in origin game three? Oh, yeah, that's... Um, I mean, yeah, he probably would have made a bit of a difference, but no matter what, with the quality that New South Wales had in that squad realistically as i said from player to player they shouldn't have lost that game so there's something about some corp up there and i'm gonna say he would not have made a big enough difference to be able to do it but man he is heck of a player so i'm with you i think they made the right decision yeah. considering how much game time he had but uh obviously that he's just such an amazing yeah. player at yeah. full flight so hopefully next year we'll see him back in that yeah, origin jersey definitely. and lastly who is going to make the Women's European Championship semi-finals? What are going to be the last four? So you've got England, Spain, Germany, Austria, Netherlands versus France, Sweden versus Iceland, Belgium, or your Italians. Yeah, I mean, look, that first one's definitely the hard one. I think the England, Spain, that's kind of the, the shoe. And look, I backed Spain before this, you but did. that was also when some star players were still playing. But, I'm, you know, I'm still going to stay strong with them. I'm going to back them. So oh, Spain, no, it's not coming home. <laughs> Spain there, I'm going to say Germany, like I said, I think is a, is a force to be reckoned with. I think France might have a bit of an edge over there with Netherlands. I think they've been playing great. And you know what? I'll back your Swedes, and I'll say the Swedes are going to move forward as well. Spain, Germany, France, and Sweden. Could be some intriguing semifinals there and some heartache for the English, as usual, when it comes to major <laughs> championships. Well, that brings to the end another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jonna. As always, thank you for your support, and good night.